This uh, is, my, is my grandson, Keone. How many of y'all have been out on the boat or paddle boards with Keone? All right. You've been out there. You know he owns the place, man. He runs it. And uh, so anyways, uh, that, that's Keone normally. Um, and so uh, Keone, man, he, uh, uh, he's grown up out here on the, on the paddle boards. He's grown up in the boat, grown up out on the sand at the beach. And so he's kind of right at home. But it was kind of interesting. I've got another set of pictures of him out in the water. And uh, that was the first picture, okay? So I want you to look at these three pictures. I'm going to come back and try to guess what he's doing here, okay? Well, let's go back here real quick because this is Keone normally, okay? But uh, Pittsburgh Rob. Is Pittsburgh Rob here or did he go back to Pittsburgh? No, that's a different Rob. You're, yeah, yeah, you're a different Rob. But yeah, Pittsburgh Rob, him and his wife, they were out on paddle boards and stuff this past week. And um, we were all, we had about 10 people out. How many of y'all went out on Monday, I think it was? Went out, yeah, that was a fun day. And uh, so, anyways, uh, Pittsburgh Rob sends me these three pictures of Keone, and he didn't really realize what Keone was doing there. And so, Keone is in the process of potty training, okay? And so, what Keone does right now is, is when he has to go, he goes and he finds some place, and he just likes to kind of go hide and, you know, have peace to himself, okay? And that's what he's doing right here. But him and Pittsburgh Rob have been buddying it up for now, you know, numerous trips. And so, Pittsburgh Rob is following Keone around with a phone and a camera. And can you imagine somebody following you to the bathroom in a camera, <laughs> you know? Well, he didn't really understand. He thought, Oh, look at this cute little kid back here. He's eating plants. And it's like, no, he's not. So he's taking pictures of him. And so in the first phase, you know, Keone had his private moment all to himself. And all of a sudden, the door busts wide open. Kenny's like, okay. So he's like, dude, come on, man. Give me, give me some peace here. So he obviously saw Rob didn't get it. So he's trying to look away, you know, here and trying to be like, okay, you know, don't look at me. I don't see you. You don't see me. And then at the end, he's like, this guy's not going to go away, so I'm just going to look at you and grin <laughs> and, in all of my glory right here. Now, now this is kind of cute, okay, because of his age, right? Now, imagine if one of you who went paddleboarding with me, if I had the same three pictures of you. <laughs> it no longer is cute because of the age restriction here, the age level and all of this. You know, immaturity is okay for a certain age. It's even cute for a certain age. But as we get older, we're expected to mature in different ways. And if we don't, it's no longer cute. It's almost really kind of sad. So you got to admit, that's a cute face right there, right? Okay, even though you know what he's doing, all right, it's a cute face. But again, if that was an adult out there, I'm not sure I'm going to let that guy get on my paddleboard right away, all right? So um, he's going to go swimming or something. So in this, you know, the, what the writer of the book of Hebrews is trying to tell us, he's been trying to tell the, the Hebrew people who both were born again and ones that had professed to be born again and ones that weren't, that were trying to lure the born again ones, uh, Christians away, is he's saying, look, guys, if you're born again, you've got to mature, you got to grow up in your faith. The only way this Christianity is going to be anything to you of value is if you grow up, if you mature. In fact, last week or so, he's like, man, you guys, you're drinking milk and you should be eating meat right now. There's certain things that you cannot do until you mature. I think back at Keone when he first started on the paddle boards, man, how did he even get on the paddle board? You had to literally pick him up, carry him and put him on the paddle board with that little puddle jumper. 
And then how'd he get off? We had to pick him up and we stuck him in a puddle on a sandbar in a little, uh, a little tidal pool. And he would hang out in there and play with the shells. And remember, we're like, no, don't eat that shell, Keone, don't eat that shell. And, and so then he got older where he now didn't eat the shells. And then he got to a point where he could crawl across the sandbar and get in there himself. Now, dude, anybody see, what does he do on the sandbars now? Man, he just runs everywhere. He'll wear you out watching him. But he's maturing as a young man. And if he was still like a blob, if he was still just crawling around at two, man, there would be something a little, a little disheartening about that. But, man, this year, you know what he's going to be doing this summer? Now he's standing up on the paddleboard, right? But this summer, dude, I'm sticking him on his own paddleboard. And he's going to, I'm going to, I'm going to hook it to mine. I'm going to make him a little paddle and I'm going to tow him. And he's going to start learning how to paddle a little bit. He's probably going to start catching his own waves by himself this summer at beach day Mondays, which by the way, starting June one for 10 weeks, we do beach day Mondays and we'll tell you more about it, but be looking forward to that. And so, uh, anyways, the point is, is I've gotten to watch Keone mature and it's an awesome thing to watch somebody mature, but it's a disheartening thing to watch somebody not mature. Because if you don't mature, you never get what you're supposed to get out of life. You never get what you're supposed to get. And it's a sad thing. And so that's what this writer Hebrews, as the, the, what, what, here's the context of what was going on. There was a lot of persecution at the time. And so the people who were believers that were Hebrews or professing believers were saying, you know, I don't know if this Jesus thing's all it's cracked up to be. Man, it's kind of hard being a Christian. We're getting persecuted more as a Christian than we were as a Jew. So the Jews were over here saying, well, come on to me. Come on over here and, and go ahead and, 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 and become Jews again. And you won't get as persecuted as bad. And it started sounding good to Christians. And so they were kind of, they were kind of drifting away from their Christian roots. And they were now going back to the old system. And the writer of Hebrews is saying, no, dude, Jesus is way better. Everything about your Christian faith is better than what you had as a Jew. It's this is the real deal. That was a shadow. And so in that, what he found is he found that a bunch of Christians or people who profess to be Christians were now trying to be camo Christians. You guys know what camo Christians are? How many of y'all have ever like been in a situation where you found yourself in a place or a group of people and you really just were going to try to be kind of incognito, inconspicuous. You didn't want anybody to know you were a Christian at all. Come on, anybody honest? You found yourself in a position like, okay, I'm not going to share my faith. I'm not going to let them know. I'm just going to be me and I'm going to shut up. Anybody do that? Let me see your hand. Come on. Rest of you are liars or you're not Christian. I'm just messing with you. But, but literally, that's what a camo Christian is. is somebody who tries to blend in. And not really like rock the boat. Just I'm gonna kind of. But what the writer of Hebrews is saying is, until you bust out and you become bold, you're not gonna mature. And if you don't mature, you're never gonna experience everything you can experience as a believer here on this planet. So today we're gonna be talking about real quick about don't be a camo Christian. Look at somebody that and just say, don't be a camo Christian, man. Tell Gary not to be a camo Christian. Dude, don't be a camo Christian because you're going to be, yeah, it, it's, it's like, uh, it's just like not growing up. You're crawling when you could be walking. You're crawling when you could be running. As you mature as a believer, God's got so much in store for you. But as you hide out and are not, a, and, and as you hide out, you, you do not mature. You stay immature. And so we'll see that in this passage of scripture. Hebrews chapter six, verses one through eight. 
We're just moving along with Hebrews. And by the way, there's some controversial verses in here. There's a couple of verses they call the devil's message in here because it's been preached so many different ways, and we'll get to all of that. But in the best I can with the power of the Holy Spirit, I want to preach it in context as to what God wants us to see in this. And it's not to be a camo Christian. So the first thing we need to know is that camo Christians need to bust out and be bold. Would you all do that, Ann? Show us how to bust. Say camo Christians need to bust out and be bold. Bust out and be bold. Okay, so if you guys help, can you help Ann out? All right, all right, on the count of three, you guys all bust out and be bold. Camo Christians need to... Bust out and be bold. That's it, man. Bust out and be bold. Nothing to be ashamed of here, man. Dude, I guarantee you that later on in life, man, in the next world, you're going to be so proud to be a Christian. You're going to be so proud to be a believer. You're going to be in heaven. You're going to be like, that's my Jesus, man. That's my king. But he wants us doing that now. But instead, so often, man, in our immaturity, are, are not when we're not willing to mature, we want to hide, man. But again, camo Christians need to what? Help me out. That's it, dude. And it's not talking about being an idiot, being obnoxious, beating people over the head with the Bible. We're going to see what it is and what it isn't, okay? And so we need to bust out and be bold. Look what he says. He said, therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrines of Christ and go on to what? Maturity. maturity. He said the, if the only way you're going to mature is if you bust out and are bold. If you're always hiding, you're never going to grow. How many of you ever shared the gospel with somebody or tried to talk to somebody about something spiritual and you didn't know the answer? Anybody? So what did it cause you to do, Ellie? Yeah, I don't know, but I'm going to find out. So what happened to you? You now had to grow and learn something you didn't know. And when we are bold and we step out and we start having real conversations, trying to help people see life from God's perspective, trying to even see our own life from God's perspective. How many of you have problems with that? You're like, what the heck is going on in my life? Why is this happening, God? Why am I here? Why is this not working the way I thought it would and so on? It causes you to dig in scripture, to dig in prayer, to fast, to be with other believers. It causes you to mature. But if all you do is run and hide, you kind of sit on the couch, you know, on your spiritual little couch eating spiritual bonbons and you never grow. You become fat and lazy as a Christian because all you do is eat and you never get exercise. So he says, let us therefore leave the elementary doctrines of Christ. You guys know this stuff already. Let's move on and go on to maturity. Okay? And uh, and then in verse 3, we're going to come back to verse 2 and the rest of verse 1. He said, and this we will do if what? Yeah, have you ever heard somebody say, okay, you know, man, if God wills. Do you think it's God's will for you to move on to maturity? Yeah, and that's what he's saying. It's kind of like, if God permits, but God's going to permit you to move on to maturity. Every single thing that comes in your life is there by his design for your good and his glory. It's to grow you. And, but we can run and we can hide and pretend it didn't happen. We can kind of close our eyes and go, la, 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 la. We can like make sure, you know, try to just hide and make sure that it doesn't affect us. But what God wants to do, he wants us to hit it head on. 
He wants to dig in. He wants us to, to, to ask him, why is this going on in my life? God, what do you want me to do with this? How am I supposed to respond? And he says, wait, and we wait, and we keep seeing it from his perspective until it all makes sense. How many of y'all ever had it finally make sense? Something? You've had it just finally make sense because you were persistent and you're better for it. You're mature for it. So what God wants us to be able to do is he wants us, again, help me out, camo Christians need to be what? Bust out and be bold. That doesn't mean, you know, uh, I'm not talking necessarily verbal. You are going to have to share your faith. But what it means is not hiding. It means that, you know what, everybody knows you're a believer. Because this is how I see things. You know how I share my faith more often than not is when people come up and they ask me things, people see things, even if they don't know I'm a pastor or whatever. It's like, well, I'm a God, I'm a Christ follower. And this is how I see it. Because I, I, I've got to see it from God's perspective. So I'm just telling them what God has done in my life. Isn't that what discipleship is in the Great Commission? He says, go. As you're going through life, he says, go make disciples. And he says, in there, baptize him in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In case you didn't know what making disciples is, it's teaching others to observe what I've taught you. So if we're constantly learning about ourselves and our life through his perspective, then we've got something to say to others. But if we're not, if we're hiding, trying to be a camo Christian, you know, trying to live both live with one foot in the world, one foot out, and we're, we're, we're kind of going both ways. If, if we're there and being a camo Christian, we're not maturing. We're not getting it. So camel Christians need to bust out and they need to be bold. He said, we're going to move on to, to we're going to move on to maturity. And that's what God wants to have happen. But tell me if this is not true. Camel Christians usually want to what? Back off and blend in. Tell me seriously, dude, I'm a pastor and I'm an extrovert. <laughs> Do you think there's times where I want to back off and blend in? Yeah, no, there are. I hate to say it. I hate to say it. There are times where I'm just like, God, I'm too tired to deal with this right now. God, I'm just going to hide. And then they're like, oh, there's the pastor. And there's an opportunity for God for me to minister. But I'm tired. I'm selfish. I'm like, no, I don't want to do this right now. And, and I'm there sometimes. God, this person's going to be complicated. How many of y'all know some people are complicated? How many of y'all know some people just don't need a simple answer? How many, do you, how many people do you know that when they call and they come in your life, it's going to be a lifelong journey with them? But it's not my life, it's his. And if I'm going to mature, the most maturing I've ever done is being with people who God has put in my life to help them mature. And guess who gets to mature alongside them? It's me. But man, there's times where I just simply want to back off and blend in. And if I back off and blend in, I'm never going to mature. I'm going to miss the opportunities that God has for me. So we can't back off and blend in. We've got to bust out and be bold. We've got to live it. Just This is who I am. We own it. This is my life. What did Paul say? To live is what? But to die is? Yeah, better. For me to live is Christ. Everything about his life was Christ. That was it. Whether he was surfing, whether he was paddleboarding, whether he was on the boat, whether he was at Walmart, whether he was at Target, because he doesn't shop at Walmart. It doesn't matter. He, to live was Christ. To die was going to be way better than that. But man, if, all we, if we're always backing off and blending in, you know why sometimes God makes you stick out like a sore thumb? 
in a group of people? Do you under, why, why do you think God may make you stick out sometimes, Anne? Absolutely, yeah. He makes you stick out so people be like, what's that? That person's weird. That's something different about that person. There's some, And we get to tell them what it is. It's Christ. We don't have to have some theological, we don't have to have like a degree. We don't have to have all. We just simply share with people what God is doing for us. Are we called to be a witness or a lawyer? A witness, and a witness just testifies of what he's doing in our life. A lawyer's got to come up with some big, long, you know, explanation and try to convince people of all of this and that. All we do is share what he's doing in our life. So we cannot afford to back off and blend in for our own maturity's sake. Look at what these verses say. He says in the end of verse 1, Man, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. And he's going to give us six things that, by the way, if you took these six things, you could build a solid foundation for your Christian faith. But here's what these guys were doing, okay? And this is the angle I'm teaching this from this morning. What they were doing is they saw these six things that were common to Christianity. But guess what? They were also common to Judaism. And so what they were doing is they're like, okay, let's find where us and Islam agree. Let's find where us and Hinduism agree. Let's find out where us and Judaism agree. And let's come up with a common denominator, make some sort of ecumenical movement. And let's just mesh it all together and blend it all together. And then we'll have peace. Now you're like, might be saying, well, that doesn't sound bad. That sounds like, man, that's the coexist sticker I have on my back window. Well, I told you before that would work if the C didn't need all the other letters. But anyways, <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is, it, the only problem with that is Jesus said, I am what? The way. Keep going, John. I am the way, the truth, the life, and what? No one comes to me except they come through the Father. Jesus made Christianity exclusive. If there was any other way for people to be saved other than Christ, man, a loving, merciful, gracious God would certainly show us that. But it's exclusive. And that's what the problem is, is when we try to blend everything together and we compromise. I'll never forget what I heard for a definition of compromise one time. The definition was when you compromise, you get a less than stellar result. You know, you ever compromise? That's not what we're supposed to. It's not about compromise. Again, it's not always about getting your way, but in this situation, it is the right way. But compromise is just, ugh. if you compromise your Christianity, how's your spirit filledness? <laughs> Is that a word? <laughs> how, 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 how's your relationship with God when you compromise your Christianity? Anybody ever receive conviction from the Holy Spirit when you just kind of back off and you compromise? It's just like, ugh, you know? So he says, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works. Talking about, dude, guys, don't go back and, and don't try to earn your salvation. Those are all the works you create are dead. Christ did the final work on the cross. And what they're trying to do is say, yeah, we know we're saved by what Christ did on the cross. But, dude, you know, that was all a picture of what Christ did. So let's blend them all together and come up with this, this, this you know, thing where we can put Judaism and Christianity together. So I can still be a Christian and I can still be a Jew and have less persecution than being bold and busting out as a believer. Are you afraid God won't protect you when you're bold and you bust out as a believer? Isn't that what happens sometimes? Man, how many of you ever seen God come to the rescue when you're bold and, and you bust out as a believer? You both, and you're just like, look, and people were looking for you to step out and going, yes, that's it. That's the answer. 
That's what God needs us to do right now. So he's not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works or of faith towards God. Okay, Christians believe in faith towards God. The Jews believe in faith. All right, here's another common ground. So let's just live off these common grounds. Even though Christ said, I'm the way, the truth, the life. He's like, quit being a camo Christian. You either stand for Christ or, or, or you don't. What did Jesus even say? You're either with me or... Dude, I didn't say that. He said it. And we keep trying to bring everybody together with these cute little bumper stickers and stuff that we create. It's Christ or nothing. Is there any other way to get to heaven? Is there any other name we can be saved by but Jesus? Do you believe that? Then quit compromising because what it's keeping, it's not allowing you to mature. It's helping you stay immature as a believer. So he says, man, let's quit. You guys stop. You're so busy, you're busy with these six things, trying to mesh them all together, laying again these foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God, good things, and of instructions about washings. Okay, okay, Christians, we baptize. Oh, by the way, sunrise service. All right, a few weeks away, I think. That's Easter Sunday, right? And, and somebody made it on April Fool's Day, but we're really having it, okay? <laughs> it's April Fool's, it's, it's right out here. It's, uh, it's sunrise service. It's going to be awesome. Matt Penny, you guys are... Uh, uh, we're going to have like, uh, tell us what we're going to have real quick. Breakfast. Here, breakfast. Yes. All right. Going to have bacon, right? We've got bacon. If somebody brings it, right? They're going to bring it and you're going to cook it. Uh, pancakes. And, and JJ's going to make an announcement maybe at the end of all the things we're going to do. But we will need parking people because Laura, our faithful parker, is going to be in Michigan for years. She's par- are, are you going to be here? No, she's going to be at the airport, man. Dude, we need, we need a parking crew because Laura's handled it for years. But we have all this cool stuff. But we are going to have, after our sunrise service, which starts at 7, we're going to have baptism. Hey, so when I hold somebody up in the water, okay, when they're held in the water, what does that look like? It looks like a cross. And when I take them under the water, that represents Jesus' what? Death and burial. And then when I bring them back up, it represents what? Jesus's resurrection. It's a beautiful picture of the gospel, but it represents them dying to their old life and rising to live a new life with Christ in the resurrection power in their life. And by the way, if you need to be baptized and like to be baptized in the beach sunrise service, man, come and do it. It'll be awesome. All right. And um, and that invitation is open to anyone there. Just come talk to me. And let me know that's getting ready to happen and, and that that's what we're truly saying about you. Okay, so that's Christian baptism, but the Jews had all these different baptisms and washings. Oh, yeah, man, here, wash this, wash this. They even had different ways they did it. And so, like, okay, you have washings and we have washings. We, so let's combine it all together. Again, they're taking things that are good as a believer and they're combining them so that they can sort of not really receive as much persecution. They don't rock the boat as a believer, they can kind of blend in. But the problem, again, is not only are they denying who Christ really is and his exclusiveness, but they're staying immature. It's only when we bust out and are bold that we get challenged. You start speaking. You can talk about church. You can talk about God in this world. But you start mentioning the name of Jesus in this world, and you will start finding it will cause you to have to mature. You will either have to bust out and be bold, or you will have to back off, you know, and blend in when you start mentioning those names. So he said, man, instructions of washing, laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead. We both believe that. And eternal judgment, we both believe that. So let's all live right here. 
But again, they weren't created to live right here. What they were created to do was they were created, they were, they were born again so that they could go out and share the saving gospel, the only way to heaven, with people who didn't know that. But they were getting drugged back in, and so they're getting a stern warning from whoever wrote the book of Hebrews. So, you know what? The next thing is, the book, writer in the book of Hebrews says, you know, many camo Christians, not all, you can possibly be a camo Christian today, so don't get this. And if you rep this is representative of you, and you find yourself blending in sometimes and not wanting to have, you know, man, oh, I hope they don't know I'm a Christian. If that is you sometimes, that doesn't mean you're not a believer. But what he is saying in here is that many camo Christians may not be Christians at all. And if God does tell you that, then you can change that by surrendering your life to Christ. But again, if that's your full lifestyle, you know, then I'd be worrying about it. But if it's an occasional thing, man, it's just something that God wants you to get right. And he wants you to mature. And you're only going to mature as you start sharing your faith, busting out. So many, he goes on to tell us many camo Christians may not be believers at all. Look what he says. It is impossible without possibility in the case of those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift. And I'm going to read all this and I'm going to come back and explain it and have shared in the Holy Spirit, and have tasted the goodness of the word of God, and the powers of the age to come, and then have fallen away to restore them again to repentance, since they are crucifying once again the Son of God to their own harm, and holding him up to contempt. Okay, people have used that to say that even believers, now, that even believers who have given their life to Christ, who have been solid believers, if they ever fall away, they can commit a sin that will not allow them to ever come back to Christ. We know according to the rest of the Bible that that can't happen. We also know that once you get eternal life, you don't lose it. And so whenever you read scripture, you've got to be careful not to take little pieces of scripture and try to come up with a theology based on it. A text without a context is a pretext. So here's what you've got to look at. You look at that scripture, but you look at it in the context of the sentence. You look at it in the context of the paragraph. You look in the context of the book. You look at it in the context of the whole word of God. And you look at it in the context of why that book was written to begin with. Again, this is being written to camo Christians. Christians that are getting pulled away back to Judaism because they're afraid of being persecuted. He's saying, no, be bold, bust out, go for it, man. It's all good. And that's what the, book, the writer's encouraging them to do in this. So when we see this, the best way to understand this is in light of a parable that Jesus shared both in Mark 4 and Matthew 13 that you can look up later. But many of you know the parable of the sower. Anybody know the parable of the sower? Okay. Let me see your hand so I can call on you to, to say it to us. No, I'm not. All right. Check this out. Here's the parable, here's the parable of the sower. Jesus said there was this dude. He had a sack of seeds. And he's out there. He's got a big sack of seeds, man. It's overflowing. And he's walking out to a field where he's going to plant the seeds in good soil. But as he's walking, some of it just lands on this terrazzo right here. How many of y'all knew this was terrazzo? How many of you never heard the word terrazzo before? That's how I know if you're really a Floridian or not, because we were raised on terrazzo, right? We cracked our heads on terrazzo a million times as kids, right? But so here he was, man. He's carrying the seed out. And all of a sudden, some seed just spilled out on the terrazzo. And it spilled out over here on the patio on the concrete. And as soon as it spilled out, man, birds came and they ate it. And they just took it away. 
And then he's walking down over here because he's going to plant it over here, you know. And some of it now falls in the cracks of the sidewalk. And there's a little bit of dirt in the sidewalk, right? So it, it starts growing, but as soon as the sun comes up, man, it beats it down and it, and, and it burns it up and it just doesn't last. And then he says, some of it also falls off to the side in the soil, but it's got thorns and thistles and other weeds growing. And so as it grows up, it gets choked out. He said, but then when the farmer gets all the way out to where he's really sowing it on the good soil, he sows it, man, and it grows the way it's supposed to grow. Man, some 30, some 50, some 100, you know, you, you can read it yourself, but the point is that it grows. So the disciples later were like, Jesus, what are you talking about? You know, you're talking in parables. He said, that's because I need the Holy Spirit to give you the answer to these things, but I'm going to tell you guys. So here's what this, what this is about. He said, when the guy goes out with the seed and starts spilling on the hard ground, he said, that's like when I'm preaching the gospel and I'm telling spiritual truths and someone doesn't want to hear it. They're thinking of every reason in their head why it doesn't apply to them and why it doesn't work and why I can't accept this. And they don't want anything to do with it. And it's like the devil takes the seed before it even has a chance to grow and it's gone. He said, but then he said, but the next one where it falls in the rocky or in the cracks there. He said, that's somebody who, when they hear the word, dude, they receive it gladly. They're like, yes, man, this is awesome. How many times, let me ask you a question. Have you ever been in a religious situation, a church service, a revival, a, sun, a Sunday school class, a small group class, where somebody's like, yes, and they give their life to Christ verbally, and then they start following for a while, then all of a sudden they just fall off the face of the earth and not believers. Anybody ever seen, seen that happen? That's what he's talking about. He says, so what happened was it, it, it fell and it actually started to grow a little bit, but it didn't have any root. It didn't have any root. And as it sprung up, man, the sun beat it down and burned it. And, and now it's gone. And it didn't produce any fruit. Hey, if you're a believer, how did he say we're going to know you're a believer? Because you're going to produce what? Fruit. You don't produce fruit. You're not a believer. So the first one that fell on the hard ground, that's not a believer. It didn't produce any fruit. The one that lands in the crack that starts growing and then withers away, it didn't produce any fruit. So is that a believer? No, it's not a believer. And then the next one where the, soil, the, the seed falls on the soil and gets choked out by the weeds and, the, and all of that. He said, yeah, that's somebody who kind of says they're going to follow me. But all of a sudden, there's, there's kind of more important things in their life. The, the one before was all of a sudden they get scared and there's persecution and they decide it's not worth it to follow me. And the, sec, the next one where it falls and gets choked out, he said, that, that's kind of like when all of a sudden they're going to follow me. But guess what? There's something else to do on Sunday or there's something else to do on small group. Now, or there's something else to do besides reading the word no more. There's something else to do besides serving him. In other words, all the other things in your life take precedence and you've got no time for Christ. He said, and guess what? He says it gets choked out and it produces no fruit. So is that a believer? No, because believers produce fruit. He said, now, when he gets out there, he said, that's like, man, when I get out there, and, and the Holy Spirit is the sower, by the way, and the word of God is a seed. He says, man, we throw that seed out there, and it grows. It lands on a soft heart. It lands in fertile soil where somebody truly surrenders themselves to me, no matter what it takes. Doesn't mean we don't have moments like those other three, but that's not characteristic of our lifestyle. Our lifestyle is, dude, the fruit is growing. There's fruit in our life. Those produce fruit, lots of fruit. So I believe what he's talking about here are the second two groups of people. 
people that received the word, but, but, and they're excited, it says even in scripture. They're, they're pumped about it. This is the solution in life. This is the answer to all my problems. Where's this been my whole life? And all of a sudden, they got an emotional high, and they start riding it for a while. But then the persecution comes in life. And it's like, wow, this ain't really worth me standing up for. I think I'm just going to go kind of hide, blend in. Or all of a sudden, I just got all these other things and I got no time for Christ. But the fact is, is that there's no fruit. And that's who he's talking about here. So that's who he's saying it's impossible for. It's impossible in the case of those who've once been enlightened. Did those two middle seeds, did they get enlightened? Did they, did they get a taste of God? Yeah, enough to be stoked about it for a while. They tasted the heavenly gift. They got a little taste of what it was like to be with a body of believers. And they've tasted uh, or they've shared in the Holy Spirit. They've been around people full of the Spirit. They've been around people. They've been in the midst of it and watching God work and, and people praying for them and, and, and all of this stuff going on. And, and it says, and they've tasted the goodness of the word. They've heard the word in a way they could understand it, remember it, and apply it to their lives. And by the way, you don't have to be a believer to apply the word of God. The word of God will work on anybody. But man, if you're a believer and the more you walk with the Holy Spirit, the more application you have for it, the richer it is, the deeper it is. But you know, stuff like, hey, if you're in an argument, shut up. That's in Proverbs, by the way. That works for believers as well as non-believers. And us believers ought to take that sometimes, right? And don't tell me yet. It's only quarter till, all right? So we're working on it. <laughs> they tasted the goodness of the word. They've seen it work. <coughs> the powers of the age to come. They've seen supernatural things. But they have fallen away. Hey, let me ask you a difference between falling and falling away. What's the difference between falling and falling away? How many of y'all ever fell? <laughs> How many of you ever fell spiritually? You fell. But if you fall, you fall, you get back up, right? If you fall away, do you get back up? Hey, Peter fell. Judas fell away. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's a big difference in this. And so they have fallen away. They have now made the choice. These folks here in those two middle soils have made the choice that, dude, you know what? This is not for me. I, yeah, I tasted it. It was awesome. I saw that. But you know what? I'm too busy for Christ or I'm too scared to follow him. I'm going to go with what I know instead of using faith to go with what I don't know. And so it says they've fallen away. And he says to restore them again to repentance. It's impossible to do that. Not because God says, oh, you blew your chance. I'm not going to let you. When's it too late to repent? When you're what? When you're dead. How many of y'all are anybody dead here? Raise your hand. No, you're alive. You can still repent. But the reason you don't repent is because you don't want to repent. And if you don't want to repent, it's impossible for me to make you repent. And it's impossible for God to make you repent because God doesn't make us do anything. He sends encouragements and discouragements like the IRS. <laughs> you know? He gives us opportunities, but... You are the one that's going to have to repent. And that's why it's impossible. And he says, man, when you go back to those old dead works, you're just crucifying once again the Son of God and their own harm and holding him up in content. It's like you go back to that old system. You just said what Christ did on the cross is of no avail. You guys go back and start doing temple worship again. You've just spit in God's face the same way somebody who says, no, I, 
that's not working for me. I've got another way to God other than Christ. He says, man, that's not it. So again, in this, uh, we need, as believers, if we're camo Christians, we need to what? We need to bust out and be. But camo Christians often want to be what? They want to blend in, right? And he said, if that's your lifestyle, you better check your salvation. You may not be a Christian at all. And he said, there's, some, there's consequences both ways. It's just the good consequences are called blessings. Look at this. There are blessings for busting out and being bold. He goes on, he says, the land that has drunk the rain that often falls on it. Okay, so rain falls on all the land. It falls on the weeds. It falls on the good stuff. It falls on everything. He says, the land that has drunk the rain that often falls on it and produces a crop useful to those whose sake it is cultivated receives a blessing from God. So when God rains down on the whole world, if you see it for what God's intending it to be used for, you see that situation and in your life, that persecution or all that busyness is an opportunity to refocus on God or that persecution to be able to get some gumption and stand up for him and watch his faith kick in and grow in your life. You do it for the right reason. He said, man, it's going to be a blessing to you, but it's going to be a blessing to everybody. There's a blessing when we're bold and, 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 and we bust out for God. There's a benefit. Whatever you're going through. What do we know in Romans 8, 28? You guys know that verse? Anybody know it? Let me see your hand. He says, we know that what? All things work together for good to them who love God and called according to his purpose. And the next verse says the good thing is it makes us look like, more like who? Like Christ. That's the good thing in it. That's the end result. You know? So he goes and says, man, if you will mature, there's a blessing for you and a blessing for others. So, man, if you're being kind of led away because of the persecution, you're being led away because of the, the, the busyness of life, man. Refocus, refocus and jump up and be bold. He says, because if you're not a believer, he said, there are consequences for backing off and blending in. If that has been your M.O. since you, be, you quote unquote became a believer, you may not be a believer. And he says, I want you to see the consequences of this. He said, but the rain falls on everything, but if it bears thorns and thistles, it is what? And, and the previous one where you used it for what God wanted you to use it for, it was what? Useful. And here it's worthless. And near to being cursed, and its end is to be burned. So in other words, the rain falls on, on the field, and so the farmer sees all of the good fruit coming up. What does he do with that, Carl? He sees citrus coming up. What's he do, man? harvest it and then it goes out and it's a blessing to everybody but what do you do with the weeds that are growing what do you do with the thistle man you scoop it all you try to get it and you burn it you try to pull it up so that it can't stop the good stuff from growing that's what God does that's what God's doing he's not mean he's not cruel but he's, he's taking up the stuff that just grew that's bad and he's getting it out of the way so the good stuff can grow why should weeds be able to grow in his soil? Why should stuff be able to take his nutrients that's not going to be beneficial? He gets rid of that so more beneficial stuff can grow. So which one are you found in? So the answer to all of this is to bust out and be bold. That's the point of this. You know, if, if you're there and you're like, you know what, man? I, I have been, you know, I, I've been blending in. 
and, you know, not wanting to be seen. I've been kind of, you know, if that's where God's taking you, then do something with this. Like I said, if the shoe fits, lace it up and wear it proudly, but get a new shoe. <laughs> you know, change. If God has shown you that your life's too busy for Christ, man, rearrange your priorities. If God's shown you that, that you know, you're kind of blending in because you're scared, like what these Hebrew people were doing, man, get some guts. Read the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word and start stepping out and believing his word for what it is. And, and guess what? You're past those elementary principles. Now you got no problem stepping up. You got no problem speaking out. You got, you're proud of who you are in Christ. And you really, truly do want everyone else to have what you have. That becomes who you are when you bust out and you're bold. But if all you do is hide because of the persecution or because of the crowdedness of your heart, what ends up happening is you regress. You become less mature. If you truly are a believer, you're robbing yourself. You're going to be like Keone, hiding in the bushes your whole life. <laughs> Instead of getting up and saying, Pastor, I don't care. I got to go. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> do you guys remember... <laughs> Do you guys remember when we were downstairs and for people to go to the bathroom during the service, they literally had to come all the way up front and go right there. We did that on purpose, but no, they had to be bold and bust out. But seriously, if you don't mature, who are you robbing first? Who are you robbing first? God. Who are you robbing second? Yourself. Who are you robbing third? Everyone else. Everything God puts in your life is there for for your good and his glory. It's there for you to mature. He's got your back, man. <laughs> oh, dude, I saw this at a campground. This is a cheesy campground. It was a sticker. It was a, a bumper sticker and it had stick man. And the one guy had the other guy's stick. He said, I got your back, man. <laughs> yeah, get it? I got your back. God's got your back. Bust out and be bold. And so that's really what the message is today for us. If God's just shown you where you're, you're, you're blending in, it's time to stop because you're hurting everyone. And there is a chance that if that's your lifestyle, you're not even a believer. Because in Matthew 7, there's a verse in there where it talks about him separating people. And there's going to be people saying, didn't I do this? Didn't I do this in church? Didn't I have this religious activity? He says, yeah, but you and I never had an intimate relationship. And they're gone. So, man, if there's any doubt whether you're a believer or not, surrender yourself completely to him. If you know you've already done it, man, bust out and be bold. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for loving us. And, um, Father, I pray that as we are tempted to be camo Christians, that we would bust out and be bold. Sometimes it's about being concealed and comfortable. It's about blending in. And, and sometimes we're just tired from this world. And you put us right in the middle of a heated battle when we're the most tired. But we know the reason for that is because you want to build our endurance. You want to build our faith. You want us to be able to lack nothing, totally being able to trust you for everything. So, Father, I pray that as life gets more crowded and um, as persecution arises and it becomes less favorable to be a born-again believer... Father, that we would trust more in you and we would be bold and we'd bust out. Father, I pray that if there's somebody here that's not sure when they die they're going to heaven, I pray that you give them a desire they can't refuse to be able to believe what you say, that you are the only way. 
the only life, the only truth, and no one can come to you, Father, except through Jesus and what Jesus did on the cross. Father, I pray that someone would just simply surrender their life to you if they're not sure and um, nail it down once and for all. Now, Father, help us all to be bold and bust out. And thanks for being our God and loving us. And I pray for these things in Jesus' name. Amen.